0: If you like to advertise on my podcast, or possibly even advertise on all of the podcasts here at Chop Sports Media, it's pretty easy. All you got to do is contact Chris. Chris is the guy. Here's his email, chopsportsmedia at gmail.com. He'll handle it for you. Just contact him. He can also do advertising on my TikTok page, almost up to 62,000 followers. Do that, everybody. Chop Sports Media at gmail.com. Okay? Okay. Let's start the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another Pretender to Contender. Happy Tuesday. It is a Tuesday when I'm recording a little behind the ball again but that's me right that's me as my wife this morning hit me up with oh you got a lot of fatherly uh husband duties today I'm like really I have 700 things to do for comedy including recording my podcast let's get that one out of the way first then try to sell more tickets to my uh, my show coming up on the 25th Wednesday at Jackie B's. As the music's going to fade here. Jackie B's, everybody. Jackie B's on the 25th of August. I'll be doing Remember When. So come on out to that. If you live anywhere near Scarsdale, New York, come on out. It's one show, 8 o'clock. I think I have three comedians going up before me, and then me. So come on out, and then uh, we're putting together all the ticketing today for the big show on October 1st, back, back by popular demand at the Scottish Rite Auditorium down there in Collingswood, New Jersey. It's a Friday night. That'll be an 8 o'clock show. I'm going to have a band playing with me for my whole show, it's going to be really cool. And uh, I got two South Jersey openers, Dan Callahan and Brendan Doan down there from South Jersey, opening up. We got to sell a, a, a thousand tickets. It's going to be really hard. We're going to be running all kind of radio spots that you'll probably hear down there in the Philly, South Jersey area. It's looking like WMGK that you get the uh, best bang for your buck for my audience. Is that a sign you're getting old? When uh, you do the analytics and you realize that you should be advertising your show on a station that sounds like WMGK. It just sounds like, I don't know. <laughs> I always used to advertise on MMR, the classic rock station down there. Now I'm on WMGK, which probably plays like a lot of slow Phil Collins. <laughs> Yeah, come out to see Joe Mattarese. Joe Mattarese is going to be in Collins with New Jersey, October 1st. But right now, this is One More Night by Phil Collins. Baby, one more night, let's just one more night, and one more night, let's be forever. That's right, go to see Joe Mattarese on the Friday, October first, the Scottish Rite Auditorium. If you liked Phil Collins one more night, you're gonna love uh, you're gonna love Phil Collins. Susudio, susudio. Oh, actually, I like that one. I actually like Susudio. I actually like Phil Collins, to be honest. I took my wife to see Phil Collins in concert, and the guy fucking rocked it. Couldn't get out of a uh, couldn't get out of a chair though. He, he did the whole concert, whole concert from, uh, from, uh, God <laughs> the medicine isn't in folks. It's not in, it's early in the morning. Uh, you're a loss for words. Uh, yeah. I, can you believe I just couldn't think of office chair? He's, he was in like an office chair with wheels on it, just rolling around the stage. Susunio fucking rolling around. I can feel it coming in the air tonight. Hold on, let me roll over here. So long. I always thought it was o long. Is it o long or so long? It's got to be so long, right? Cuz o long isn't really a... Uh, that's not a fucking sentence, it's not a word. O long. I can feel it coming in the air tonight. O long. <laughs> I'm cracking myself up here at the top of this podcast. So uh, we're going to get right into it. But yes, come out to see those shows. The October 1st one should be up on JoeMatterese.com really soon. The 25th of August is on JoeMatterese.com. You can buy tickets to that. Hoping to get the ticketing done. That's another thing I have to do today. I don't know when my wife thinks I'm going to do husband duties today. She thinks I'm going... Well, I'm going to have to, I got to go to the supermarket, who knows what else I got to do. Very heavy on the, uh, on the shit going on here at the Matter East house this summer. Hope you're having a great summer. And what I really wanted to talk about today at the top of this podcast, and I I have some callers on it. I think this is going to be a short podcast. I'm just predicting. I am just predicting that this will be a short one. This is what we're talking about, is being competitive. I started thinking about this recently. I think it's because, one, my daughter, who I can tell is pretty athletic, refuses, just refuses to do any organized sports. She's like, no. You want to do this? Nope. You want to do this? Nope. How about this? Nope. Like, she played softball, I think, one summer with her friends They still play. She doesn't play. Doesn't want to do it. She was good. She's got great hand-eye coordination. If you've seen those videos I used to post of her playing golf, she hasn't been doing that. I think her father-in-law, or my father-in-law, I called her father-in-law, her grandpa, I think kind of fell off with the... uh, with the Thursdays golf practice that was supposed—I don't know—that hasn't happened in months. I don't know what's going on with that. She was getting good at that, stopped. She was getting good at the piano at one time, stopped. Uh, my son—he's pretty good at baseball. He's been being like really weirdly lazy with it. And I'm not—he says what he says. I'm not competitive, Dad. I just don't want to play on a team that practices a lot. I'm not really competitive with it. He just wants to play on this other team that you've heard me talk about in the past that we had problems with. We we didn't like it. <laughs> uh, I don't even think they liked him. They thought he had a little bit of an attitude attitude problem, which he he probably does. He probably has a little bit of an attitude problem. What boy at almost 14 in November, he'll be 14. Can you believe that, everybody? starting ninth grade, starting private high school. Yeah, that's right. All-boy private high school where he has to wear wear a uniform every day. And he was going to the football warm-ups in in late July, early August, and he was, like, enjoying it. And then all of a sudden he was like, "Ah, I don't think I love football. I think I like baseball better. And I'm going to do that, but I only want to do it on this team that doesn't practice, like I said, this shitty team. And just do it, uh, and they just have games, like on the weekends. They'll have like a doubleheader on a Saturday. That's it. That's what he wants to do. And I was excited, and my wife was too, that he was going to do football. Even though, for years, we were anti-football, especially my wife. She was really anti-football, whereas I played football, and I loved it when I was young, suiting up in the 70s, putting the pads on, the black under the eyes, tackling people, getting tackled. It was fun. Maybe because I was on a really good team the first time I ever played, when I was eight, we won the whole championship. And I, I still remember it vividly in my life. We were losing by, like, Four or five points with 11 seconds left. Only in eight-year-old football could this be the play call. We're losing by under a touchdown. 11 seconds left. I still I still remember his name. Our quarterback was Bobby... Let's see if I can even pronounce it. Bont, Bontlafoglio. That was his last name. Bobby Bontlafoglio. Bontlafoglio. Super Italian kid that could fucking fly. This is how fast he was. 11 seconds left. You know, the coach is in the huddle. That's how you do it at 8. The coach is in the huddle. He calls the quarterback keeper around the end with 11 seconds left. I'm the tight end. And he just breaks free. Goes around the end and goes. And I'm sprinting with him. I still remember. I'm, I'm alongside him. He's Blowing by everybody to, to go for a touchdown. One guy's coming in to try to cut the angle to tackle him. And I it was the only time I ever did it in my life. I throw a cross body block. I remember learning it in practice because we fucking practiced back then. I don't know what these teams are that my kids play on where there's zero practice. And you parents out there, can you relate? You're like, can we get our kids out of the fucking house and off computer screens? We want them to practice. I throw a cross-body block, take the kid out, boom, touchdown, we win the championship. Yeah, so I'm into it. I play football, you know, as long as I can play in Pop Warner, and then I quit. I quit freshman high school because it was hard as shit. It's in August, it's 95 degrees, you're in the pads, you're doing those drills where you gotta, they blow the whistle and you jump down and you pop back up again and you're just running in place, and drop back down and pop back up again, you're like, fuck, this sucks, and I quit. I quit a lot of shit. If you've heard my podcasts over the years, and I say podcasts, you know, I quit. I quit everything, except for stand-up comedy. Somehow I never quit that. Just, you know, so when you have that happen in your life and you have regrets, you you think you got to do that with your kids. And my son's always saying to me, dad, I'm not you. I'm not going to regret not playing football or I'm not going to regret not playing on the competitive team. But now, this is the odd part. He goes, I don't want to play on a competitive baseball team that has really good coaching and they do lots of practices, but. I want to try out for the team at the high school in the spring. And like, I'm trying to explain to him. I hate to break it to you, but you're not going to make the fucking private high school baseball team. But by the way, one of the kids that graduated from Fordham, Fordham prep, where he's going to be going to high school is on the Yankees. Now drafted out of high school to play for the Yankees. Like, that's how good he is and how good this team is going to be. They have a very good baseball team. Very good. And my son wants to be on the shitty team that doesn't practice. He doesn't want to go to cages. He doesn't work on it outside of playing baseball. And he wants to try out for the team. But he goes, if I don't make it, I don't make it. And it's like so confusing as a dad because you're like, well, one, you're not you're not going to make it. If you don't put in extra work, I'll tell you right now, I I know sports, sorry to say, unless you're fucking insane. You're an insane talent. You can't just show up and make these, you know, higher end teams. You're not going to be able to just walk on and make it, you know, that invincible story. It's a bunch of shit. <laughs> Bartender shows up. I mean, You know, in the movie, uh, you know, who was that? Uh, Mark Wahlberg, who plays um, Vince Papali. I remember him because he was an Eagle, so I know. Vince Papali makes the Eagles in the 70s, goes on to be on that Super Bowl team, which they lose. They lose to the Raiders in 1980. Ron Jaworski, the quarterback. Vince Papali was a walk on receiver. But ma- mainly he made the team because he was one of those psychos that didn't mind running full speed, playing defen- defense on punts and kicks. And he was really fast. So, you know, that's all that mattered. He could fly down the field and make the tackle because he was that fast. So he was a phenom because he had this phenom speed. Now, my it just drives me crazy. <clears throat> this competitiveness. He doesn't have it. Like, I just played softball for the first time in seven years last Thursday, thinking that was going to be a great warm-up because I was playing on Saturday for a fundraiser, co-ed, but Thursday was all guys. So I play, we get killed, but it was fun. I was one for two. Not bad. My first time up, I got a base hit right up the middle. I couldn't believe it. Right up the middle, base hit. I was like, oh, my God, I still got it. But I was feeling those competitive juices. Like, I get crazy. I get the only—and I take Selexa now, so I don't get angry that much anymore. But I almost got—I got in a mini-argument on Saturday playing the triple header for this fundraiser in (laughs) co-ed. I got mad at the ump because there was an overthrow uh, if any of you guys know softball, tell me the the rules because I Googled it, and I think the ump made a mistake. So a guy for their team is round and third. Our left fielder has the ball. He throws it. It goes over the head of the third baseman and hits um, their base coach. But it doesn't go into the dugout. It just hits the base coach, and the umpire calls dead ball, and he lets all the runners uh, go ahead two bases. So they score a run. And then another guy, I think, got to third. And I got mad. I was like, what do you mean? We hit their player. We didn't hit our own player. And their player, like they like, like, well, he was in the coach's box. I'm like, how the fuck do you know where the coach's box is? There's nothing there that says coach's box. There was a spot on the field that was further back that had white chalk line going on it, but that was for baseball. It was way back because we're playing softball. The baseline's way forward. But if that was the coach's box, he was a good 25, 30 feet away from it. So I'm trying to figure this out. What's the rule? And I'm getting mad, and I just say to the guy, Google it. Just Google it before we move on. Can you just Google it? Like, we have Google now. Fucking Google the rule, and then make the call. And they're like, whatever, and everybody's looking at me like I'm crazy because I'm mad at a stupid fundraising softball game where we're all drinking. We're drinking during the game. I mean, that's how not serious it was. I don't know if the other teams were. Because they were kicking our ass. (laughs) But we were drinking... We were having fun, and I ended up Googling it after the game because I'm a nut, and I'm showing it to everybody on the team. I'm like, I Googled it, and it looks like if it hits their coach, it's not a dead ball. It's live, and you should you pick it up, and you play it as it goes, um, and that's the rule because I thought it looked like that guy might have not scored because he was round and third. It hits one of their – you know, their coach – it might have hit the fence, bounced right back to him, and he had a little bit of a play at home. Whatever. I get angry. I have competitive juices. I just have. And my kids do not have it. And I, I just wonder if that can be taught. And Because I, I wish they had it. Not even just for in sports. I think it's important in life to have that. That's what makes you really go for what you end up finding out that you love in life is being competitive. Why at 30 years of comedy, I don't quit because I'm not, you know, Bill Burr or Sebastian Maniscalco. I keep going because I'm competitive. I want to win. I keep trying. I keep trying. I go. I keep the podcast rolling. Sure, I've quit them in the past, <laughs> but ultimately the baseline here in me is competitiveness, and my wife is very competitive, too. That's why it's weird that our kids don't have it. My wife's good, or very good, at sports. She's, she's pretty competitive. She likes to win. She likes to watch sports. She loves watching sports. She can watch any sport with me. We watched the Olympics. Last night, we were watching 10- to 12-year-old girls play Little League World Series softball, which I didn't even know existed. I always thought Little League World Series was just... Boys baseball, but there was the girl's softball it was it was exciting, and we watched it, and we watch lots of different kind of sports cause we get into watching people try to win. We love golf, her and I play sometimes we we watch golf. her dad is insanely competitive. My wife's dad is an excellent golfer he plays like five days a week. If you play with him, the guy's competitive my brother super competitive. My dad, very competitive. He gets, you know, it could be anything. It could be horseshoes. It could be bocce ball. My dad's like trying to win. He doesn't care that you're his kid. He's not letting it slide. Uh, And I just, I don't know. Can it be taught? Because I think it's important that your kids could kind of have that. And how how do you get that in them if they don't have it? Some people say you're either born with it or you just, you, that you can't be taught it. So I took some calls. I'm curious to hear what they have to say. That's really just uh, my monologue here at the top on competit- competitiveness and if it can be taught, or are you just born with it? Let's go to the phones. Let's see who this first caller is. Put them on here. See what we got. Hey,
1: how you doing, Joe? It's Bill from New Rochelle. Um, just wanted to talk about competitive kids. Uh, kids are not born competitive. They learn that from their parents, and they learn it from the sports they watch and play in school, and that, that's a learned trait. I mean, it helps if you already have a competitive parent. Um, I'm sure there's some scientists who will tell you there's genetics behind it, but it's learned behavior, and you could absolutely push your kids to be more competitive, like Pavlov's dog. You're... You're giving them a reward for what they're doing. So um, anyone who tells you it's you know you're born with it that's that's a crock of shit. Kids are competitive because their parents are competitive, and they they see it on the field. They see their parents screaming, whether it's at a referee or you know at a baseball game or just screaming at the TV. They they learn that stuff. So I think um, I think you got my answer there.
0: Talk to you soon. All right, Bill. Bill from New Rochelle, who has a very competitive son. I've watched his son in action. I know his, his family. Thanks for calling, Bill. Uh, it's funny that you say that, that it can be taught and they watch it, because I just said that. I'm super crazy. Granted, they're so not competitive, they don't come to my games to watch me play. Uh, they don't want to do anything. And I can't tell if I'm being a shitty parent. Do I got to lay in and reward them? Hey, Luke, if you play football, you got to literally do that now? Hey, if you play football for Ford and Prep this year, um, I'll give you $500. (laughs) I have to buy them in. It's like, what happened to just, oh my God, I can't wait for my game today. Like that team that, he wanted to play on the baseball team that I told you doesn't practice. They had a scrimmage game a couple days ago, and he just didn't want to go. He just said, nah, no, I don't feel like it. And I blame video games because there's video games, and it's such an immediate high, and it's such a different high, and that really wasn't around when we were young. Sure, we had Atari, but it's just, you know, and Pong and shit like that. But it didn't compare to what they have now. So don't you think that that is doing something? I feel like that is sabotaging. That is making it harder to get your kids to the field where they can figure out or they can start becoming competitive. I'm amazed. I don't know. My son played on that team that he wants to play on now in baseball for a year and then uh you know we had problems like i said moments ago but on top of it the team sucked and he wanted to play again like that makes me think i don't know how competitive you are like i have i don't like being on bad teams i'm just not a fan of losing like and if i see that i'm on a bad team it's just not as fun like why i got mad at that umpire On Saturday, and it wasn't because I thought we had a chance at winning, because I knew we didn't. We had our team sucked, but I'm yelling because I want to win, and you just gave them a run and put another guy in scoring position, and I didn't think it should have been that way. But that's—I don't know. I don't know if I was taught that. I don't know if I watched my dad be crazy, because I didn't. My dad didn't play any sports except golf when we were younger. I mean, but he had the ability. If you went and shot hoops with my dad, he was a pretty decent basketball player. He would try to, you know, win when you played him one-on-one or whatever. But he was never crazy competitive. I didn't learn it from him. I just kind of had it. I don't know. Let's go to the next caller. You my name is Jeanette DeZito. I do not think you can teach your kids to be competitive. My kids, my oldest
1: one is, my little one could give a crap. It's all, and I'm the most competitive person in the world. He sees me yelling and screaming. He's competitive in watching teams and Eagles. He, he's a total fan. But as far as winning and losing, he wants to win, but if he doesn't, it doesn't bother him. It's all in your genetics.
0: That's my opinion, and I'm sticking to it. See, <laughs> See Bill? Gene, 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 Gene Esposito says the opposite, Bill. So, I don't know. I'm kind of leaning towards Gene Esposito. It's like people that um, are gay or they're lesbians or, you know, whatever. They're born that way. They're born uh, liking the same sex and being attracted to it. Um, Me, I I, I don't know. I, I almost feel like... No, no one was forcing me to play sports growing up. No one was like, hey, you have to do this, and we're, we're going to reward you. Like I couldn't wait to get to the field. I loved it, especially when it got to the higher levels. It was really competitive. Like I, I played on one of those little league all-star teams where you're trying to get to Williamsport that you watch on TV. There was no more exciting time in my life. I mean, I wish I had video of that stuff. You know, there, there weren't many video cameras going around back then. I can remember hitting a home run in the All-Star game in, in Babe Ruth Baseball. I can vividly remember, like, putting my hands above my head going, Yes! Yes! I was fucking crazy. Like when you watch Kirk Gibson... When he hits that home run for the Dodgers and he's all injured and he's like pumping his fist like a madman running around the bases and the team jumps on him at the end. Like, do you think anybody out there was taught? You think anybody there was taught to be competitive? I don't know about that. I'm leaning towards Gene right now, but we have more calls. I don't know where I'm getting this weird interference. Um, let's go to the phones again. Curious what everybody thinks on that. Hey, it's Jerry Rowan from Philadelphia.
1: So I've been trying to think of an answer. Uh, can you teach your children how to be competitive? I, I I don't know. I don't know if you can, honestly. And I don't know that if that's something you can teach somebody. But all I can do is tell you what I did try to instill in my kids is that I've always tried to tell them to do the best they can at whatever they do, make sure that they try their best. If they're going to do it, if they're going to bother doing it, do it as good as they can and be as best as they can be. I never really tried to uh, emphasize them being better than anyone else, but I've always emphasized for them to be as best as they can be the best version of themselves. And so that's really, that's really all I got on this one. So uh, I'd, be, I'd be interested to hear what everybody else says, man. Take care. So long.
0: Well, I agree with you, Jerry. You always want your kids to put out uh, their best, you know, in their schoolwork, in any of the activities that you, that you see them want to do, whether it's play a musical instrument, um, do their best. And like I said, I'm seeing my daughter play the piano for two years, And she was just starting to get good, and she quit. Now, also, uh, my son, like, I can tell when I watch him because I did play a lot of baseball and softball uh, as a young man and as an older man and as a guy that watches sports on TV. And I'll tell you what, the kids, at least my kids, my son does not want to watch sports on TV, and he used to when he was younger and I feel like the more he started really getting into these video games, <clears throat> the less he wanted to watch a Yankee game or a Monday night football. Like, he's the kind of guy I can get him to watch like a little bit. He'd be like, oh, I'll watch the last five minutes with you. But he's just not. He's not a kid that wants to sit down and watch a whole game and get into the the emotional connection. Because that, that's what it is, really. When you say... Uh, being competitive is an emotional thing I because I feel like it is because I, I feel that same juices in my body when I have an emotional high. Like if I did something on stage that I ad libbed and it got like a really big response and it's like it excites me. I almost get like chills. I get like my hair stands on my arms. I get like goosebumps. I get that same feeling uh, when I watch a team win or the team that i'm on you know somebody gets a big hit or something happens that's exciting and and we do something well together there's an emotional thing to it that's where i worry about if it's a video game thing that's ruining that 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 is closing off the emotions that come from sports um and gene said that his one son's you know super competitive and his other son isn't curious if that son that isn't that emotional played a lot more video games than the other one because my son must have a competitive gene to want to play video games for this long right cuz you got to try to win when you're playing them you don't play a video game for that long and not be competitive he's sitting there for a long amounts of time all his friends are doing it. They got the headset on. He's in his room with the blind shut. Sometimes I can't even believe he's in there. With no, the air conditioning won't even barely be on in his room because he has his door shut and his vent doesn't work that well. Or if we have the air off and we have all the windows open because it's a day where it's not hot, I'll go in his room. His windows are shut. His blinds are shut. And he's playing video games. And I'll tell you what. My daughter's starting to do the same shit, if I have to be honest in this podcast. She's starting to play video games also. That has to be what the fuck it is. I want to know, but, but this is where it's hard. my son has friends that play video games as much as him that are also really competitive in sports. One of his friends is a really, really good lacrosse player. One of his other good friends is an amazing amazing athlete he plays basketball and he plays baseball fantastic so I don't think my son is hanging out with kids that don't play sports and that your kid needs to uh hang out with kids that are really competitive to become competitive because his his closest friends I'd say if I had to name three of the guys that he hangs out with the, the most all three of them are very competitive and play a lot of sports so this is a confusing one guys we have One Last Call. So like I said, it's going to be a it's going to be a kind of a short podcast. We got long, One Last Call and we should probably listen to him cuz he he always makes great sense. As we know him, as we love him on Pretender to Contender, the great Ronnie Poliquin, if you've seen his Instagrams lately, The guy's transformed. I don't even know. I would love to know what's even happened in your life, Ron, because I'm seeing your Instagram posts, and it's just all him lifting weights. Have you seen them? Everybody out there listening, go check out Ron Poliquin's, (laughs) go Poliquin, P-O-L-I-Q-I-N, P-O-L-I-Q-U-I-N, Ron Poliquin's Instagram page, just him deadlifting and squatting and sweating and like I don't know what happened. He cuz I never knew you were that kind of guy. You were always like the guy who played chess. But sure, you got to be competitive to play chess too. Right? You got to want to kick somebody's ass. You want to you want to you want to checkmate them in the quickest amount of time possible. You know what I mean? It's the same. It's just like he said in Karate Kid, no mercy sweep the leg. (laughs) You got to have it a little bit. It's like his coach was a dick for saying that because the guy's got an injury and you're telling him to sweep the leg. But anyone who knows sports and when you get to that pro level, you'd probably want your team to sweep a leg. Like, I'm going to sound like a psycho, but I loved Chase Utley when he was on the Phillies. So Chase Utley was a fantastic baseball player. He had the mind of it and he had the athleticism. He was like a Pete Rose. excellent leader, everything. Then he goes on to play on the Dodgers, right? Everybody knows that play where he slides outside the baseline and breaks the leg of the guy on the Mets right Now all the Mets people hated him, but me being this insane competitive guy because I lose my I lose my bearings when I'm on a field. I had to apologize to that ump who I argued with. After the game, he came over. We ended up talking, becoming friends. Turns out the guy did stand-up comedy. I actually have him doing a set on my show on the 25th. I put him on the show. He's originally from New Rochelle. So he's going to come to the Scarsdale show at Jackie B's on the 25th of August. He's going to do a set, which is hilarious because I got in an argument with him. But I told him, I go on the field, I'm crazy, off the field, all of that anger goes away. And it used to be the same when I did stand-up when I, when, before I was on the meds, and I would get really angry at somebody who would heckle. And one of the reasons why I was really angry, sure, I had an anger problem, but a little bit of it was competitiveness. You're trying to fuck it up. I'm trying to win when I'm on stage. Every laugh I get, am it's like I'm counting it. I'm trying to get as many big laughs as I can in a 45-minute to a 60-minute set. I treat it like a sport. So if you interrupt, you're fucking it up for me. Even though I should have taken it as, oh, this can be another really funny moment if I work it right. Which I do now. So, uh, yeah. So what am I trying to say here? So, I lost my train of thought a little bit. But the competitiveness, it just, uh, it gets a little crazy. It gets a little out of hand. But... Uh, I think I was talking to you about the umpire. And, and It's a little bit like I said to somebody recently. If you watch the movie Field of Dreams, which they just did a big thing. They had an anniversary. They, I don't know if the anniversary came yet, but they built that field. And the Yankees played the White Sox at the Field of Dreams field that they built. And uh, I got that emotional feeling when I watched. And I'm not a huge Yankee fan. Aaron Judge come out of the cornfield, and the way they looked just like those players from Field of Dreams. How they walked out and were just like had that look on their faces, like yeah, we're getting to play baseball today. And uh, you know what? I should I should play this monologue right now. Let me find it. I bet you, I bet it's hard to find. I want to find the Ray Liotta monologue where he talks about getting kicked out of baseball and what it felt like. All right, I found it. I found the clip. It's amazing that this clip's hard to find, which I don't know if that coincides with what we're discussing here. If you have it, or you learn it, or you get it from your parents, or is it just from the inside? And I'm saying that I think it's this emotional thing. And you really feel it in Ray Liotta's monologue. Now, if you haven't seen Field of Dreams, please go watch it. It just, it's, if you're a parent, it's just a great movie to watch with one of your uh, kids. You know, It just has a lot of great life lessons in it, and it's an amazing movie. Um, my son loves this movie, which is classic. I think he's watched it twice, but he hasn't watched it in a really long time. And I feel like he may have been more competitive when he was younger. So this is what's really confusing me, because like I said, the video games... Seem like in the last two to three years is when they just become excessive. But in this scene, Ray Liotta is Shoeless Joe Jackson, real baseball player. If you don't know the history, got kicked out of baseball because he was on the team. He was on the Chicago White Sox that they claimed back in the day, 1918, I'm pretty sure, through the World Series. Lost on purpose to win money. And he got kicked out of baseball. And if you know the history, he had a really high average in that World Series. So they were like, how could he have been throwing the game if he batted this and he did that? That he loved baseball. So in Field of Dreams, in the scene, he's coming back for the first time out of the cornfield. That uh, Kevin Costner's character builds this... Builds this field because he's hearing, if you build it, he will come. And he's wondering, what the hell does that mean? He thinks he means Shoeless Joe. So he builds the field. Boom, Shoeless Joe Jackson shows up. And he asks him to throw him some balls. And he's pitching to him. And this is the moment where Shoeless Joe says, can you just put it right here? Just put it right here. And he aims that he wants like a low pitch. And listen to this monologue he gives, and if you don't tell me that this comes from you know an emotional thing, and and what a great, what a great casting to have Ray Liotta play this because he has those eyes, you know those Ray Liotta eyes, <laughs> they're just intense, and it fits how this character must feel, and and his love, his love for playing a game that got taken away from him. Check this out and it's a bad uh, video quality and audio quality. And he hits one deep right now over to over to Cornfield.
1: Right. You're a little ball hitter. And I didn't love this game. I had to play for food money. It was a game. The sounds, the smells. Did you ever hold a A ball or a glove to your face? Yeah. I used to love traveling on the trains from town to town.
0: The hotels. Brass platoons in the lobbies, brass beds in the rooms. It was a crowd
1: rising to their feet. All was hit deep.
0: That line to me says it all. I would have played for nothing. I would have played for nothing. You're you're telling me you can teach someone to feel that way? I don't know. I don't think so. No way. (laughs) That's. uh, There's no way you're going to find some major leaguer and you're going to ask them what made them love baseball. And they're going to say, I was taught to love it. No, you either do or you don't. You watch it. I think, sure, video games can definitely stunt it. Or being on a, a series of shitty teams and you're getting beat all the time and your teams are never good, that can stunt it. But when you're really competitive, you put it towards way more than sports. You put it towards, you know... Maybe those are the people that get regular jobs and just handle it. And then other people are able to just go, you know, fuck that. I got to do what I want to do. I'm so crazy competitive. I have to do this other thing with my life. So we could talk about this for decades. Sure. But I think it was a great uh, conversation with all you callers that called in. And of course, you know, I, I appreciate you. So thanks, everybody. This is another one in the can. Pretender to Contender. Which the title kind of fits today's subject matter on the episode, too. So if you want to uh, advertise on a podcast or you want to advertise across across my social media, including TikTok, up to 62,000 followers, very easy, just contact ChopSportsMedia at gmail.com contact chris over there he'll take care of you he's a good guy he'll give you a great deal you could go across all the podcasts that they have on chop sports media you could just go on mine you could go on just my social media there's lots of uh, ways to go to help your businesses out okay everybody and go see me live, and tickets are always available on joematterise.com. So we got the, uh, the date coming up soon. See you guys.